Our scripture reading for today can be found in the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses 20 through 24. It's printed in your bulletin or you can find it on the screen. Would you stand now for the reading of God's holy word? That is not the way that you learned Christ. For surely you have heard about him and were taught in him as truth is in Jesus. You were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lusts, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to clothe yourselves with the new self created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. There is a, uh, a cartoon for kids on television uh, that is about uh, a family of dogs in Australia. It's called Bluey. Some of the kids here know about Bluey. And uh, I've watched it several times because I've got some young nieces. And it's a family of four. There's uh, a mom and a dad and there's two kids. And the, the mom is very organized and the mom is in charge. The mom runs the household and the dad is silly and makes jokes and is not very mature. I don't know where they got this idea from. So in a sense, uh, this is kind of a, a show that teaches kids about life and lessons uh, about growing up. And I have some nieces. My youngest niece was about four years old when I, when I told her that my favorite TV show was Bluey. And she looked at me like I had said the most ludicrous thing you've ever, ever said in your life. She looked at me and she said, that show is not for you. That's for kids. <laughs> You're an adult. <laughs> and so I asked her, uh, you know, well, well, tell me more about kids and adults. Like, what are the differences? She said, kids have to play and go to school and adults pay taxes. <laughs> I said, you're right, you're, you're absolutely right. Now, because we have these kind of opportunities and responsibilities, paying taxes and all of these things, going to work, there are times where some of us dream about going back to the days where we were young, where we didn't have as many responsibilities. I know a few people have probably thought about that, haven't you? You know, it would be nice to have a break from being an adult from time to time, but we don't really get that, do we? You know, in a sense, this is part of our human narrative. This goes back to the very beginning of who we are and how we live in community. And we see it even in the Bible where there are people who refuse to grow up and become mature. And we see what dangers befall them because they don't follow in God's footsteps. And we see people who do who are not free from pain and difficulties, but are honored by their faith, that they stuck with it and were mature in all they did. But you also see it in pop culture and media. I mean, just think about one of the, the, the poster children for not wanting to grow up, Peter Pan, right? Peter Pan is looking for people to stay young with him and he ends up flying into the darling's home and, and finds Wendy and her brothers and he, he wants them to have fun and not grow up. But what ends up happening? Wendy grows up. 
Peter Pan doesn't want that. He doesn't want all those responsibilities. He says he doesn't want to go to school and learn solemn things. Not growing up. There's something about that that we, we know that growing up means responsibility and living with character and integrity. And that's part of what it means to grow up is to leave behind childish things and, and embrace what it means to live as a human being in relationship with so many other people. You know, Walt Disney even said once that growing old is mandatory. Growing up is optional. And I, I look at that in two ways. One is, well, that's true. I, I don't think that we should have awe and wonder burned out of our heart as we grow older. You know, growing more mature does not mean becoming a realist and being cynical with everything. I mean, just look at the church. We ask you to continue to believe deeply with awe and wonder that God did things like sent his son to be born among us born of Mary, and that, that he rose from the dead on the third day. These are truths, and yet it is something that we behold with awe and wonder. These are childlike faith moments, aren't they? Or at least elements that require childlike trusting faith. There is something uh, about this childlike faith that's a part of discipleship and who we are. And yet at the same time, we all acknowledge that we cannot just stay children forever. Naturally, we are going to outgrow our shoes, our book bags. We're going to outgrow that time in our lives without responsibility and a call to serve and care for others. We do have to grow. And it's not just growing older, but it's growing up in our faith. You know, if we read about this in Ephesians, Paul's talking to the church in Ephesus, this Christian group of people there in modern day Turkey. And he's telling them that they have got to put away all the childlike issues that aren't about faith and awe and wonder. All the sort of selfish, um, you know, out for myself, uh, letting my emotions get the best of me, all the sort of negative things that come with an immature person. Paul is telling us we've got to put those to death. We've got to treat those like old clothes that don't fit anymore and we've got to get rid of them. And instead we need to put on the new clothes, the, the clothes that are knit together by God that look and act like Jesus, that we, we put on this, this clothing that requires us to be mature. And Paul says that this is important because it's part of what we do as the church to demonstrate to the world what it means to follow God and what God requires of us. And so Paul is going back to this theme of dealing with culture out there, requiring us or asking us to be immature. And he's saying that we need to tune that out and instead be anchored to the truth and allow ourselves to grow within God and towards God. If you were to go back before the verses that we read in chapter 4, verses 14 and 16, 14, 15, and 16, you will notice that Paul gets a little, more, a little bit more explicit. He says, we must not be like children who are tossed to and fro, right? Again, there's nothing wrong with childlike faith. That is not what Paul is talking about. But this idea of just responding to anything that is out there. Instead, he says, we need to grow up 
and to grow towards Christ who is the head. And so what Paul is saying in Ephesians chapter 4, before we get to verse 20, is that Jesus is the model. That is the standard that we aspire to. And so every day of our faith journey is seeking to grow more towards him, how Jesus lived, how Jesus sacrificed, how Jesus cared and served. All of these things are a part of our growth journey. And the journey is about how far and how close we can get to him. Our faith development, our growth, is to be in the pattern of that. Psychologists tell us that if we don't do that, if we don't grow more Christ-like over time, we might become uh, sufferers of something that they call, this is a shocker, Peter Pan syndrome. Do you know what Peter Pan syndrome is? It's the I don't want to grow up mentality. And, and there are actual outcomes of a Peter Pan mentality, Peter Pan syndrome, the outcome or the fruit of not becoming a mature adult or a mature Christian is that you tend to really live for yourself. In fact, they say that people who suffer from Peter Pan syndrome are more uh, likely to throw tantrums. They're more likely as adults to throw tantrums, to, to bully other people, uh, to name call other people. They're more likely to really make everything about themselves and blame everyone else. Peter, people with Peter Pan syndrome are, are those that don't want to grow up and be responsible and take the consequences for their actions seriously. They want to offload it to someone else. And if we're not careful and we take on that mentality, we're farther away from Jesus than we would like to be. So what God is inviting us to do is to find ways to leave those things behind, to shed them off like clothes that don't fit anymore. And instead, to dress ourselves, to, to have the mindset and the heart set of Jesus, who is the head of the church, that we're supposed to continue to grow in that direction. And if we fail to do that, we become stagnant. And we're not the kind of people that God wants us to be. We're not going to be very good witnesses of Christ, And we're certainly not going to be good leaders within the church if we cannot act in the ways that God requires leaders to act. Just think about the kings of Israel. How many of them turned inward and only wanted to protect themselves and their legacy and get gold and silver for themselves. And they are not people who walk in the ways of God. And yet we have other examples of, of kings, whether they're old or younger, who took seriously their call to be shepherds of God's people, that they ruled in Israel under the auspices of God. They were, in a sense, stewards of God's people and God's kingdom. And they were said to walk in the ways of God. They led with morality. They led with maturity. And those are the people that are lifted up. So for us, we have to ask ourselves, how in the world do we get from where we are today to the model of Jesus at the end of our spiritual journey? That's a difficult task, reforming our heart and our life to that standard. And the good news is that we're not alone. Paul and others remind us that God enables us with his grace, sustains us and nourishes us 
to grow. In fact, Jesus himself says that he is the lifeline for people to grow in faith. He promises not only himself, but also the Holy Spirit to help people. We've been in a sermon series, obviously, where we're talking about holy habits. And the last two weeks, we've talked about service. And one of the scriptures we reminded you about was in the Gospel of John. In the very last of many chapters of the Gospel of John, Jesus is having the Last Supper with his disciples in Jerusalem right before he is betrayed and arrested and taken to the cross. And we remember at Holy Communion that Last Supper with the disciples. And we told you that at this Last Supper, Jesus wanted to teach his disciples about serving other people. And so he took off his robe and he knelt down and he washed his disciples' feet to show them how serious he was about Christians serving others. At this very same meal, we read in John chapter 15 that Jesus also reminds them that if they are going to grow into the people God wants them to be, they have to abide in him. He tells them, I am the true vine and you are the branches. And he says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Now that word abide makes us think of abode, right? This idea of living. We're supposed to live in Christ. But if you read the gospel of John, it's not just about living with God. It's actually being anchored to God or in a way even infused to to be deeply connected and, and, and really, really infused into Jesus the vine. So we are getting our nourishment, nutrients and everything we need to grow and live from the source, from the vine itself. So Jesus says, we're not alone to try to make it to his standard. He guides us there. He enables us. And the more that we connect and anchor ourselves to him, the more we will grow. The more we will bear fruit. Fruit that looks very different from Peter Pan's syndrome, where we're compassionate and we're serving and we're worshiping and we're giving and all of the things that are good and healthy fruit that Christians can measure their effectiveness of their life on. So what Jesus is saying, what Paul is saying, is that we can anchor ourselves, we can securely tie ourselves to Christ, and Christ will help us grow. Jesus also tells us that when we read Scripture and we're confused about what it might mean, he says we're not alone to just interpret Scripture on our own. The Holy Spirit will be there to help guide us. So again, when we're talking about these practices, these steps that will help us grow, we're not alone. God vows to meet us there when we practice these things to help us grow. So think about this. We have a habit tracker, something to help you continue to practice ways of worshiping, of serving, and then now, today and next week, of growing. And if you were to go and look at that on Asbury Now or to go get a copy of the habit tracker from our welcome desk, or maybe you've already got one and you've tucked away in your Bible already, look at that habit tracker and look at those options for growing. You might see something like doing a daily devotional going to a Bible study, or joining a Sunday school class. Each of those things are not just busy work for Christians. It is an opportunity for us to be anchored to the vine, to tie ourselves to Jesus and to learn and grow from him. 
Just even reading scripture and asking, what is God saying to me now with these powerful words? Words that have inspired other people to live faithfully for generations. What is God doing now? How is the Holy Spirit revealing a new understanding of this? And the more that we practice this, the more benefit we will get from it. Or think about being in a group. It's not just that we're all simultaneously learning the same things because there are plenty of people who know what to do, but they don't do it. In fact, studying together is about helping one another see from many perspectives and holding each other accountable to to make sure that you're growing and that you've got people in your corner to help you along the way. And, and we will stumble from time to time. We won't always be able to do as good a job as we should. We might even fall backwards a little. And God vows not to leave us alone. All we have to do is to reconnect, re-anchor ourselves to the vine and begin practicing again. I mean, how many of us have started a brand new, brand new New Year's resolution to read the Bible more? And for January, we did a pretty good job. We read Genesis And it was like a modern day soap opera set in Old Testament times, but it was good and it was interesting. But then we got to Exodus and the first part was really interesting. And then there was a lot of rules. And then by the time you get to Leviticus, you're done. You cannot take any more, right? Now that's how some people experience it. Some people make it through okay. But you know, if the goal is just to do one pattern or one way of growth, Not everybody can shine through that. In fact, most pastors will recommend that you start with the Gospels and to read those, to read those over and over again until you understand who Jesus is. And then when you go back to Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, there are many more connections than you ever realized and you can make it through easier because it connects. So again, when we're talking about habits, we're talking about ways to enrich your understanding of God, not to put yourself through punishment to try to learn everything, but to grow, to allow the words of scripture to take root in your heart and in your life and to help you move closer to Jesus who is the head, who is our standard. Growing takes commitment, it takes time, And the more that we age, the more is required of us because the more we understand about the world, the more we understand about life, the more experiences we have, the more we need to understand how all of that connects to who God is and what God offers to each one of us. We never stop growing. We never stop growing. And so the habits are a way to help guide us, channel us, to who we need to be and how we get there. They are, these habits, whether they're worship service or about growth, they're what we call means of grace. They're a way, an activity or a ritual where God works through them, meeting us halfway and then helping us the rest of the way. When we read scripture, it's not just about trying to understand what it's saying but to understand what it's saying to me. It's a channel for God's grace to understand what it means for all of us. When we pray, we're opening ourselves up not only to what we want from God, but for God to speak to us in our prayer 
It's a means of grace. It's a way for God to connect to us and help us grow.